The, uh, before I update you on the meeting that I had with leaders of the G7 earlier today, I want to say a word about the progress we're making on the Build Back Better agenda here at home. I just got off the telephone with the leaders in the House. Today, the House of Representatives has taken significant step toward making a historic investment that's going to transform America, cut taxes for working families, and position the American economy for long-term, long-term growth. When I became president, it was clear that we had to confront an immediate economic crisis, the most significant recession we've had since the Depression, or at least since Johnson. But we, but we weren't going to, but that wasn't going to be enough. We also had to make some long-term investments in Americans and America itself. The first thing we did was to write and pass the American Rescue Plan, and it's working. Our economy has added 4 million jobs in my first six months in office. Economic growth is up to the fastest it's been, the fastest rate in 40 years, and unemployment is coming down. Right now, our economic growth is leading the world's advanced economies. But to win the future, we need to take the next step. Today, the House of Representatives did just that. The, today's vote in the House allowed them to consider my Build Back Better agenda, a broad framework to make housing more affordable, bring down the cost of prescription drugs by giving Medicare the power to negotiate lower prices for drugs, make elder care more affordable, provide two years of free universal high-quality pre-K, and two years of free community college, provide clean energy tax credits, continue to give the middle-class families the well-deserved tax cut for daycare and health care that they deserve, allowing a lot of women to get back to work primarily, and provide significant monthly tax cuts for working families with children through the child care tax credit. These investments are going to lower out-of-pocket expenses for families and not just give them a little more breathing room, in addition, we're going to make long-overdue, much-needed investments in basic, hard infrastructure of this nation. There, this is an area where we have broad bipartisan agreement to invest in our antiquated roads, highways, bridges, transit, drinking water systems, broadband, clean energy, environmental cleanup, and making infrastructure more resilient to, climate, to the climate crisis and so much more. And this is all paid for. Instead of giving every break in the world to corporations and CEOs, by the, by, the, by the way, 55 of our largest companies in America paid $0 in federal taxes on more than $40 billion in profit last year. We can ask corporations and the very wealthy just to pay their fair share. They can still be very wealthy. They can still make a lot of money, but just begin to pay their fair share. So we can invest in making our country stronger and more competitive create jobs and raise wages, and lift up the standard of living for everyone. The bottom line is, in my view, we're a step closer to truly investing in the American people, positioning our economy for long-term growth, and building an America that outcompetes the rest of the world. My goal is to build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out, not just the top down. And that's what we're on our way of doing. Look, I want to thank Speaker Pelosi, who was masterful in her leadership on this, and Leader Hoyer and Whip Clyburn and Chairman DeFazio, the entire House leadership team, for the hard work, dedication, and determination to bring people together so we can make a difference in people's lives. 
I also want to thank every Democrat in the House who worked so hard over the past few weeks to reach an agreement and who supported the process for House consideration of the Jobs and Infrastructure Plan, the Build Back Better effort. There were differences, strong points of view. They're always welcome. What is important is that we came together to advance our agenda. I think everyone who did that, I, I think everyone, everyone who did it was there. Look, I also want to thank everyone who voted to support the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. You know, advancing, uh, it's an act to restore and expand voting protections, to prevent voter suppression, and to secure the most sacred of American rights, the right to vote freely, the right to vote fairly, and the right to have your vote counted. The House has acted. The Senate also has to join them to send this uh, important bill to my desk. And the Senate has to move forward on the People's Act, critical legislation to protect our democracy and the right to vote. We need both of those, those election bills. But let me now turn to Afghanistan. I've met this morning with my counterparts in the G7, as well as heads of the United Nations, NATO, and the European Union. I express my thanks for the solidarity we have seen as we've stood up an unprecedented global effort. <clears throat> I updated our partners on the significant progress we've made in the past 10 days. As of this afternoon, we've helped evacuate 70,700 people just since August the 14th, 75,900 people since the end of July. Just in the past 12 hours, another 19 U.S. military flights 18 C-17s and one C-130, carrying approximately 6,400 evacuees, and 31 coalition flights carrying 5,600 people have left Kabul just in the last 12 hours. A total of 50 more flights, 12,000 more people since I updated you this morning. These numbers are a testament to the efforts of our brave service women and men, to our diplomats on the ground in Kabul, and to our allies still standing with us. And we had a productive discussion. There was strong agreement among the leaders about both about evacu the evacuation mission underway, as well as the need to coordinate our approach to the Afghan to Afghanistan as we move forward. First, on evacuation, we agreed that we will continue to close our close cooperation to get people out as efficiently and safely as possible. We are currently on a pace to finish by August the 31st. The sooner we can finish, the better. Each day of operations brings added risk to our troops. But the completion by August 31st depends upon the Taliban continuing to cooperate and allow access to the airport for those who were, trans were transporting out and no disruptions to our operations. In addition, I've asked the Pentagon and the State Department for contingency plans to adjust the timetable, should that become necessary. I'm determined to ensure that we complete our mission, this mission. I'm also mindful of the increasing risks that I've been, I've been uh, briefed on and the need to factor those, re those risks in. They're real and significant challenges that we also have to take into consideration. The longer we stay, starting with the acute and growing risk of an attack by a terrorist group known as ISIS-K, an ISIS affiliate in Afghanistan, which is a sworn enemy of the Taliban as well. Every day we're on the ground is another day we know that ISIS-K is seeking to target the airport 
and attack both U.S. and allied forces and innocent civilians. Additionally, thus far, the Taliban have been taking uh, steps to work with us so we can get our people out. But it's a tenuous situation. We already had some uh, gunfighting break out. We run a serious risk of it breaking down as time goes on. Second, the G7 leaders and the leaders of the EU, NATO, and the UN all agreed that we will stand united in our approach to the Taliban. We agreed the legitimacy of any future government depends on the approach it now takes to uphold international obligations, including to prevent Afghanistan from being used as a base for terrorism. And we agree that none of us are going to take the Taliban's word for it. We'll judge them by their actions, and we'll stay in close coordination on any steps that we take moving forward in response to the Taliban's behavior. At the same time, we renewed our humanitarian commitment to the Afghan people and supported a proposal by the Secretary General Guterres of the United Nations-led international response with unfettered humanitarian access in Afghanistan. Third, we talked about our mutual obligation to support refugees and evacuees currently fleeing Afghanistan. The United States will be a leader in these efforts, and we'll look to the international community and to our partners to do the same. We're already seeing our allies' commitment. They're bringing, their, they're bringing to their countries the Afghans who served alongside their forces as translators or in their embassies just as we're bringing to the United States those Afghans who worked alongside our forces and diplomats. We're continuing that effort. We're conducting thorough uh, security screening in the intermediate stops they're making for anyone who is not a U.S. citizen or a lawful permanent resident of the United States. Anyone arriving in the United States will have undergone a background check. And, and we must all work together to resettle thousands of Afghans who ultimately qualify for refugee status. The United States will do our part, and we are already working closely with refugee organizations to rebuild a system that was purposefully destroyed by my predecessor. Finally, we agreed to stay vigilant against terrorist threats that have metastasized around the world. We went to Afghanistan with our allies in 2001 for clear reasons. One, to get the people who attacked us on 9-11 and to get Osama bin Laden, and to make sure that Afghanistan was not used again as a base from which to attack the United States or our allies. We achieved that objective. We delivered justice to bin Laden more than a decade ago. But the current environment looks very different than it did in 2001, and we have to meet the challenges we face today. We run effective counterterrorism operations around the world, where we know terrorism is more of a threat than it is today in Afghanistan, without any permanent military presence on the ground. And we can and will do the same thing in Afghanistan with our over-the-horizon counterterrorism capability. Cooperation with our closest partners on our enduring counterterrorism mission will continue to be an essential piece of our strategy. In short, we all, all of us agreed today that we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder with our closest partners to meet the current challenges we face in Afghanistan, just as we have for the past 20 years. 
We're acting in consultation and cooperation with our closest friends and fellow democracies. And I want to again thank all of our allies and partners around the world who have rallied in support of our shared mission. We ended the conversation today by a clear statement on all of our parts. We are going to stay united, locked at the hip in terms of what we have to do. We'll get that done. And tomorrow, uh, I've asked uh, um, Secretary Blinken to give you an update and a detailed report on exactly how many Americans are still in Afghanistan, how many have gone out, and what our projection is. So thank you again, and God bless you, and may God protect our diplomats and all those in harm's way. Thank you. President Biden in the Roosevelt Room at the White House today talking about this August 31st deadline quickly approaching just a week from now as it uh, relates to this uh, emergency evacuation continuing to unfold in Afghanistan. The president saying that this date of August 31st depends on the Taliban continuing to cooperate with the U.S. to allow a safe travel to the airport for Americans in that country and for the Afghans who helped the U.S. during 20 years of war. He said he is also mindful, though, of increasing risks, uh, not only from ISIS-K, an ISIS affiliate in Afghanistan, but also uh, from the Taliban, given the length of these evacuations, saying that at any time there's a risk of this breaking down. So appearing to stick with this August 31st deadline, that comes just a short time after Jen Psaki said at the White House, the press secretary, that there would also need to be time to meet this August 31st deadline to get troops to wind down. That would indicate that the evacuations would end sometime before that August 31st deadline. Let's get to our senior foreign correspondent, Ian Panel, on the ground. Ian, of course, the president appearing to stick to that deadline and pointing to the threats that he says are increasing by the day, the same threats that you've been reporting on for uh, several nights now. Yeah, I think the thing that struck me was the president said that we were on course, on, on track to meet their targets and pull out by August 31st. I mean, I just wonder what the definition of that is. If the definition is narrowly, and of course, most importantly, getting all Americans out of the country, then that's entirely possible. But if it also includes a promise, the explicit promise that was made by the president when he sat down with, uh, uh, with George and said that he would also commit to getting Afghans, SIV applicants, people who risk their lives to work alongside the US mission out of the country by that date, I think that's going to be very hard to achieve. I mean, the truth is there's a huge base going on here, a huge operation. The numbers getting out of the country are remarkable. There are also many people waiting to get out. There are also thousands and thousands of U.S. and coalition troops here. It's going to take a good four days or so, at least, to get those troops out, to retrograde the base. Uh, so that doesn't really leave a very large window at all to continue the evacuations. They can't retrograde the base and continue to bring people onto camp, process them, as we've been seeing throughout this evening, and getting them out of the country. Uh, what I'm seeing there is that I don't think everyone is going to get out by that date. All right. Ian Panel live in Kabul. Ian brings up a great point. One more question on this before we turn you back, many of you, to local news. Let's bring in Martha Raddatz, because what Ian's talking about, Martha, here is this closing window. If you meet the August 31st deadline, that means you have to start winding down troops well in advance of that. The evacuations are going to have to uh, be brought to a halt at some point here before that August 31st date if you meet the deadline to get U.S. troops out. And Ian brings up a good question there, whether or not all the Americans, uh, certainly the Afghans in addition to the Americans, whether that's really going to be possible here.
I, I really don't see how they can do that, David. We're still hearing harrowing stories about Afghans trying to get to the airport, let alone get on aircraft. But the president seems committed to that deadline of August 31st. And of course, he talks about the safety to the U.S. troops. Getting those troops out now is dangerous. Uh, it is exactly the kind of thing I saw in June when they were winding down to get all the American troops that were there before out. They have to do it quickly. They don't want to announce exactly when that's going to happen. So that's something we're really going to have to watch in the coming days. And then think about this, David. The Taliban will be in charge of security at the only In-N-Out airport there. Very striking indeed. Martha Raddatz will see you a short time from now on World News Tonight. Again, the president saying August 31st depends on the Taliban continuing to cooperate with the U.S., mindful, though, of the safety for U.S. troops on the ground with the potential for any kind of terror threat increasing as the days go by. Our coverage continues on ABC News Live, abcnews.com. Coverage continues on your local news. And I'll see you right back here with the entire team for World News Tonight. I'm David Muir in New York. Until then, we'll see you soon. This has been a special report from ABC News. Hi, everyone. George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks.